0: Grant. I'm going to hit this quick because I don't think the people need to hear coach K's name uttered much.
1: You talking about coach K is, I love it. It's like watching Bobby Flay make barbecue, listening to Eric Clapton play guitar. Like you, this is you. This is what you're great at is just smashing coach K. Even when coach K isn't really in the news. I love it.
0: I appreciate that. I, I thought when he retired, my first thought was I hope Duke wins 6 of the next 8 national titles so John Shire surpasses Coach K in everything and then we can wonder about whether Coach K was actually that good of a coach. That's what I want to happen. I'm rooting for That'd Duke really- now that he is gone and cuz I love Emil Jefferson, their assistant coach. So that is that is the overall take. I I just like let's let Coach K retire. I don't need to see updates about whether he's going to be at games. And all that other crap. I'm done with it. I like we we went through the disaster that last season was and the final four and the joke of the media coverage that just would not stop putting him on a pedestal. He deserved it. But at the same time, he came out on the media and said, oh, I, I can't believe my team has faced this big distraction this year. It's like, dude, you caused it. You were the distraction. Jay Wright, the most classy guy in all of college basketball, stepped away after the season. His team made the Mm. Final Four. He did it as everybody should. (sighs) Amen. That's it. There's Coach K. Um, Going to the NBA for a second. I wanted to touch on this.
1: Coach K is going to the NBA? Honestly, I hope so. Do you think he'd do better or worse than John Beeline did in Cleveland?
0: (laughs) Uh, Better? Because I don't think he would be fired for calling his players thugs, slugs, slugs. Sorry, man. That was that was tough. That was we, really tough.
1: I I feel for John because I really I was always a line over Izzo guy. Like I really like John line. That's tough that that happened to him. But we don't talk about that enough and how funny that whole storyline was.
0: <laughs> man,
1: I feel bad. Um, but yeah, yeah. The NBA, anyways. Go ahead. You were saying
0: the 2023 NBA Finals odds are out, and I'll go down the first six. Uh, first five, actually. The Warriors, the winners of the one that just ended, plus 600. The Boston Celtics, plus 600, drastically overvalued. If I may ask, they gonna are say,
1: lay, lay money with that number. Go they ahead, are have fun
0: not getting back to the finals. The Clippers plus 600. Don't understand that. Don't need you to explain it though. I'm totally fine. Not knowing anything about the Clippers on like, June 20th. Yeah. Uh, the Nets plus 700 and that's going to get interesting in about a Why? minute. And then the Bucks plus 750 and I don't want to craft this as the Bucs are being disrespected by Vegas. Incredible value though. Instead, I'm going to craft it as go bet this. Yeah. Like go. To be the the team with the third highest odds in the East when you are undoubtedly the best and most consistent team in the conference. Man, I would be sprinting I, I, with that ticket.
1: I weirdly would feel better about the Heat pulling off some weird heat trade and winning the East over the Celtics or the Nets. And I hate the heat. I don't think they're that good, but I believe that the heat could actually have a really productive offseason, Unlike the Nets, you know, that's bizarre. Why are we still clinging to the Nets? It's an idea. It's never played out as an actual thing. And we just cling to it.
0: Well, you mentioned the Nets grant, uh, Shams Charania this morning tweets out an article sources, Kyrie Irving and the Nets are at an impasse in conversations about his future in Brooklyn. Surprise, surprise. Clearing the way for seven-time All-Star to consider the open market. The Lakers and the Knicks expected to emerge among the suitors. Boy, does that not surprise me at all.
1: I think they're negotiating in public. I don't think he's going anywhere because Kevin Durant doesn't want him to go anywhere. And the Nets aren't going to let an asset like that walk. Think about the NBA. Nine times out of 10, you're better keeping a guy, even if it's not perfect, because that money comes off the books. That's money that can be used in a trade swap. And it's an asset that you no longer have. And you don't really have a way to get it back.
0: Unless his name's Ben Simmons.
1: Yeah. Unless his name's Ben Simmons (laughs) or James
0: Harden for that matter.
1: Quickly. yeah, Both teams should get rid of both of those guys. I feel like they're negotiating in public. The Lakers are being thrown around as leverage because it makes sense with LeBron and the Knicks in a way. Is this a good question? Hmm. The Knicks in a way, in a very specific way, are like the Packers of the NBA and that they're thrown around as a destination by agents and by rumors and by the media all the time because it's interesting and because they're a huge brand, not because it's ever going to happen. Right. You know what I mean? And that, that makes sense. I'm not slandering the Packers by saying that, right?
0: Not at all. I mean, and right. you can easily differentiate the two by, say, like, the Knicks suck. They are a yeah. joke. And they have been for quite some time. Uh, Bill Simmons, uh, who you are a massive fan of and absolutely oh. love how he comments on the Celtics tough style of play and heart. I've heard that a it's lot.
1: Been such, dude, Bill's is my favorite NBA podcast. It's been such a love hate the last couple of weeks. I will hate. Listen, there were certain pods like when they <laughs> eliminated the bucks. I'm like, I have to go to a, go on a run and listen to this. Cause that's the only way I'll be able to tolerate it.
0: Wow. I just wouldn't have listened, Uh but he was bringing up no. potential trades. And I think my favorite one I saw there are a bunch for a a bunch. Like, I don't care about Orlando. Uh, Houston is nothing to me right now, but the Los Angeles Lakers talk about, and this could be a Ben Simmons, James Harden type deal just with one of the players is actually good. Russell Westbrook to OKC and two Lakers firsts somehow throw him back there for like the fifth time Kyrie to the Lakers. And then I, I don't know what the nets get back. I don't really understand how NBA trades work,
1: but trade k- exception means they have money to spend. That doesn't count against the salary cap. Ah. And they'd probably get some sort of player. Lugans dort.
0: Yes. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what was brought up. But Kyrie to the Lakers would be a fun disaster. Be uh, electric because you know, the, the team overall kind of is, I, there's a lot of LeBron talk over and over again. I mean, he uh, led GM, if you will, has just butchered their roster and thinking that he can win with Russell Westbrook. But that's interesting because if Kyrie leaves the Nets, I mean, suddenly you're looking at a team that last, like almost a year ago today was game seven Bucks Nets last year when Durant's toes were on the line. But at that, like that was a team that you thought would be atop the East or battling for it all the time. And if Kyrie goes, I mean, yeah, Seth Curry's an okay player. Drummond's an okay player, but what are they? What do they have to contend with the Bucks? Right? Like even the Celtics right now, yeah. undoubtedly are a, you know a threat to the to the Bucks getting back to the NBA Finals. But if those two, when those two teams meet again in the playoffs, the Bucks are going to wax them. I have no
1: problem thinking that. I hope so. The thing that the issue with the Nets is if they ship Kyrie out of there, and a lot of these trades, I'm assuming, that Bill threw around, Brooklyn's going to get the worst end of the deal. Anytime you trade a superstar, you're going to get the worst end of a deal. But the Nets are probably looking at trade exceptions or smaller role players, right? The issue is they can't run Kevin Durant into the ground like they did last year. He he carried that team for long stretches. He's aging, and he's not LeBron or Giannis. He's not a physical Iron like like even Westbrook. So he gets to the first round of the playoffs and he's gassed and all Boston has to do is beat him up and that's good enough. You know, they can sweep him in four games. So that's what I'm worried about with Brooklyn. If they ship out Kyrie, who's carrying the load for months at a time in the regular season? Ben Simmons hasn't even played in years. So theoretically him, but I, I'll believe that he's going to play when we see it, you know?
0: Oh, I can't wait to watch him play there. I can't wait to root against that team that's not gonna work it never's worked I don't know what suddenly like there are things throughout sports where a change of scenery happens and suddenly we think everything's gonna be different like Antonio Brown oh he goes to the box maybe he'll finally be a bearable teammate and he was until he wasn't like I don't know why we think suddenly things can just snap and change they don't change like we know who Ben Simmons is he hasn't won anywhere.
1: He didn't even make the NCAA tournament in college. Like, come on now. That's weirdly, look back at the history of Ben Simmons. That's the one time that, maybe not the one time, but that, that's the time where the book on him from the very beginning was correct. Because guys come out through the draft and like, well, he couldn't even get his team to the tournament or he quit on his team. And it's like, wait, all of that was showing us exactly all along. All of that did matter. It's kind of funny how that played out with Ben Simmons. Russell Westbrook is another one. You know, he's been on how many teams and how many years now. And you think, oh, this will be a better fit. This will be the year he figures it out or changes it up. And a lot of times in sports, players just don't change. But all too often, we're wanting them to change and expecting them to change. And we're left disappointed.
0: Like Aaron Rodgers throwing the rookies.
1: (laughs) Or in NFC championship games. In general. Well,
0: yeah, but more so going into this year, everyone is championing Christian Watson as the next Jamar Chase and Romeo Dobbs is finally this this amazing burner that was a steal that nobody else saw was good. It's like I'm excited to watch all of them play football, and I think the team is going to be slept on entering the year because of the lack of Devontae, but I don't know what has gotten into us that suddenly we think Rogers and these rookies are going to just click it from day one. Like, no, Rodgers is going to force the ball to and force is a strong word, but he is going to give the ball to Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb and Sammy Watkins and hopefully Tanya if he's healthy for the first five weeks of the year
1: and then Watson will break out. Sounds like you've been hanging out in the same corner of Packers Twitter where they're talking about Kirk Benkert being a sneaky, you know, chance to get a job. Well, you know, Daniel Jones burns out, you know, they need a quarterback. Maybe they come calling for Kirk Benkert. Da-
0: Daniel Oscar. Jones stinks by the way I had Giants yeah, fans it, tell me for so. years that he was turning a corner Daniel Jones stinks I no, it's more that I, I do a lot of listening with my job right it's like it, yeah, instead of I necessarily crafting the conversation oftentimes uh, there there's a great conversation happening on air and I do a lot of listening and I hear everything that's said I see all the comments and Some things about the Packers changing going into this year, I think are true with how the offense runs using AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. I'm excited for that. Uh, Hopefully the tight end positions back, but it's this instant connection with rookies thing that I just can't get over. Like I I just can't see it instantly happening. And I'm not even going to come out and say that the offseason would change it. Like I don't care if Rogers isn't at OTAs. Like, I I, honestly, I hope he's at training camp just because it's the season. But even if he didn't, like, I I don't care. I don't care about the preseason either. I know when the season starts, it's going to take at least a month and a half to get these rookies really as focal parts of the
1: offense. And that's if they're good enough. Right. Like, we don't know that. I'm about to tell you what's going to happen for the first couple weeks of the season. So I'm sorry for spoiling this, but. You, being in the job that you're in, you're going to experience this because you talk to Mike Clemens a couple times a week. You hear all the pressers. You are around for it all. Here's what's going to happen. The Packers are going to play week one, week two, whatever, somewhere in the first month of the, the season, and Christian Watson's going to have a really poor game. Romeo Dobbs is going to have a really bad game. Week and one
0: against the Vikings.
1: Yes. At
0: the and Vikings. From that
1: point, moving forward, Aaron Rodgers, if he hasn't done this already, will begin to use his Wednesday Green Bay Packers press availability to... As a parent-teacher conference for his rookie wide receiver. And the more we hang on every word that he says, which we will, the more serious he will take it. And he will start speaking in riddles. And he will start speaking in. He already did this. He already did this at um was it OTAs or mandatory? Mandatory mini-camp. When he was asked about the expectations for the young wide receivers, you can already, you already got a dose of it. Where he's like, well, they know what's expected of them with unspoken connections and you know, unwritten things and unspoken things. And they got my buddy Randall Cobb here and he'll t- he'll show them the ropes. Like he is the mouthpiece for these guys. And he will take his Wednesday pressers as, a, not as an opportunity, but no, he will treat it as a responsibility to educate us and to keep us in the loop with their development. And it's only going to get worse as time goes on because we're going to start to crave it. That 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 Green Bay media scrum will start treating that as an opportunity to learn about the rookies and how they're doing, and it's going to get worse and worse, and it's going to suck. And you know what, Ben? We're going to have no choice but to play along.
2: That but is, we're going to
1: have to. we're going to have to play the cuts on the show, and we're going to have to. Oh, Aaron Rodgers said this, and it's going to be a whole thing, and it's going to suck. That is. It's still, sorry to spoil, but this is what's going to happen.
0: No, that is spot on. I, the parent-teacher conference comp I think is perfect. Yes. Yet. I am also in a point as a radio producer every day. I know what works and what doesn't work, <laughs> and I know that I playing Aaron Rodgers sound bites works. So it is what it is. But it's, it's yeah, he talks for more Man. than
1: nine seconds at a time. Yeah, like you, you try to use Craig Council pressers for content. It's like that's all you're going to give me, Craig. What am I supposed to do with that?
0: Don't even Rodgers get me talk for a minute and a half. Don't even get me started. I. I am I've criticized Matt LaFleur since the moment I started working in this market. He gives me and this is I'm putting the me in media and the I, both of them, at the same time. I cannot stand the few amount of worthy drops that come out of his press conference. There is no, like, I, he says something stupid as a sarcastic joke, but then I can take it on the drop board and use it just for pure comedy. I'm in this yeah. just for the drop board for comedy. He gives me nothing. It's the same every time, and he is a tremendous football coach. And I, I I'll always compliment the job he does on the field, and with the team, and with catering to Rodgers and what he needs. But, man, give me something at the podium. Just something.
1: This is the blessing and the curse of Aaron Rodgers. We, at times, can't stand him. And it sucks that, during the season, I have to allocate hours talking about things that he says that don't matter at all, at all. But it's such good content. (laughs) And it makes our job so easy. This and is, I hate it and love it.
0: This is the one actual Lafleur. Actually, I have two. One of them came last week somehow, but this is one.
1: Just see how he responds to the load.
0: <laughs> uh, talking oh, about God. David Bakhtiari and his return from injury, but even so, okay. like that, th- there was an um in there. You know, it wasn't even succinct enough to you know be perfect. And then there's this one, which is money.
1: Man, that's a great word. I don't even know what that means.
0: Clemens was Clemens was on a couple of weeks ago talking about what this team has to do to get back to the Super Bowl, and then bang, uh, what did what did, man, did Clemens tell you know what, what the word means. was? I
1: don't even know what that means.
0: No, he just said Super Bowl,
1: and then I played that
0: because no, well, they were talking about the Super Bowl, oh, and then
1: oh yeah, we wouldn't know. It's been a long time. Um, I don't know if this is gonna come through, but this is my favorite drop. Tell me if you can hear this. With this Wisconsin Sports Zone Network update, I'm Zach Kyle Print. <laughs> I love it. I also have this one for what it's worth. Smoking pot. Oh, uh, that's good.
0: No, that's good. I don't even good. know
1: I don't even know when Bill said that, but anytime Zach comes on or he's teased or mentioned. With
0: this Wisconsin Sports Zone yeah. <laughs> Network update, I'm Zach Kyle Print. <laughs> he guys, so it. So
1: I did the updates
0: for a week, but not every update. I did our afternoon update our five P and and 6 PM updates when Ebo was on vacation a couple weeks ago, like mid May. And I started it. I started the initial one minute spiel with. Well, I said, well, this happened. And, And Zach, the next day said, dude, you can't start yours with. Well, that's my thing. I'm the, cause it, cause if you hear his update and you'll hear it again, coming up in about 40 minutes, it's always, well, the Wisconsin, you know? So he has a thing. He's planting his flag on that. Well, I used well, and he thought I was sarcastically ripping him oh. by by I drastically came in with well and really emphasized <laughs> it, and he said, "Dude, are you serious?" I, I I didn't do it on purpose. It's just how it all works out. Something I
1: would do on purpose.
0: Yeah. Oh, good stuff. Sure. All right. 1670 eight six seven sixteen seventy. We'll talk more Packers in this one PM hour. Uh, It's Ben Kenny. It's Grant Bills. We're in for Bill Michaels. Phone lines are wide open. You want to chime in on the Brewers, where they stand, where a move could be made? Your thoughts on the U.S. Open, Father's Day also yesterday. Phones are open. It's Ben Kenny, Grant Bills, in for Bill Michaels.
2: This is the Bill
1: Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
0: All right, welcome back in. It is the Packers propaganda segment of the Bill Michaels show. It's Ben Kenny. It is Grant Bills in for Bill today. Uh, Grant, this is something that you just messaged me about, and it is something that I have said constantly, and I'm going to do this live, which is genius radio, but the current Super Bowl odds in in the NFL and where all of the teams stand. Now, I don't like to talk about these odds as, oh, I'm going to take this or I'm going to take that one. But it is a good way to judge the market or what the public perception believes I, about what the Super Bowl could look like. And pardon me while I still, uh, oh, I forgot to type in odds. I typed in Super Bowl NFL. And as you but could expect. Betting
1: markets, by the way, even if you don't bet, they have great value as an indicator. like no doubt. a thermometer They're very, very accurate. Which I will
0: note, and I'm going to pat myself on the back right here, Entering in uh, to Friday at the U.S. Open, the betting markets were throwing a gross amount of shade at both Will Zalatoris and Matt Fitzpatrick, who were both the best major performers and the most consistent guys that were playing that just didn't hit a few putts, there were a few shots back, so I put a little coin on both of them. And naturally, heading down the stretch, I was in a pretty good spot of walking away with a winner. Fitzpatrick ended
1: up getting it to me. So And confirm, by the way. I did hear about this either Friday or Saturday.
0: Yeah, I also had uh, 10 bucks to win a grand and a half on Nick Hardy, which never was going to happen because all those guys have that moment when they get to a certain hole and they're either winning or one shot back at a U.S. Open. It's called leaderboard gravity. As time goes on, the guys that find themselves up top realize they probably shouldn't be there like it isn't their tournament. They don't really belong with those huge names. And then the leaderboard gravity sucks them down into the T 20 range. But man,
1: that's how, that's how I feel when we're playing cricket and I jump out to a big lead. It is the gravity that pulls me back down to earth.
0: Yes. Leaderboard gravity. It's such a good term. And I, I'm going to bring it. it to the, to the NFL season. Cause the Packers will, I, or like the lions or the bears are going to win th- three of their first four. And then standings, gravity will suck them right down to the basement because not good baseball teams. So right now where we stand, the Buffalo Bills are plus 600 to win the Super Bowl. Second, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers plus 700. Then you have the Chiefs and Packers both at plus 1000. Uh, Vegas is not really sliding the Packers at all or not even close to what they're doing to the Bucks. I don't really see as much value in that number per se, but I will say I, I fully believe this as time has gone on. And after the Devonte trade happens, we go to the NFL draft. I think they had a remarkably great gra- like a tremendous draft in every sense, the first round getting those impact defenders to add to an already great defense. Like if you go into the playoffs And Aaron Rodgers is being Aaron Rodgers. And you have a defense that's that good. You're going to win. You just hope that San Francisco doesn't happen again. And Rodgers is able to see Lazard running open over the middle. But when I look at this team and where the public falls, how they view them right now, I don't think they're getting the respect they deserve entering the year. Like I don't know why people are talking about Tampa as the NFC favorite right like it i it could be the rams i i would be fine if it was the rams no 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 no. but if i had to name an nfc favorite right now it would be the green bay packers 110 percent. the roster the the team got better from last year they lost Devontae. they lost to darius smith but all the guys that were hurt you would hope are going to come back healthy offensive line withstanding that's another whole conversation but roster wise and i mean you only get You you can only go to the NFC Championship so many times and throw that amount of duds, right? Careful. Where Uh, eventually (laughs) you would think they could break through. So
1: I got that in 2016. Fair. Uh, I've I've gotten a college degree since then, and uh, I think we've had two presidents since then. But you're right. The law of large numbers would tell us at some point we're due. At some point.
0: I just look at, like, I think they're going to be doubted. Entering the season, I I think people view the Devontae absence as a bigger deal than it will be, if that makes sense. Where I think when I, there's the old saying, Rodgers makes the wide receiver, but I'm just going to say that Rodgers and the floor are going to make the offense. Where there were so many moments Devontae Adams could shake a guy in a yard on the the goal line and score an easy touchdown. We, We get that. But instead of that, maybe get A.J. Dillon running over four dudes to get in the end zone. I think this team is going to be disrespected a bit in the national media sphere. Vegas, I as I've lined out, I, is giving them adequate props, I would say, for where they stand. But I don't know. Maybe I'm too optimistic, or maybe I just like to flow like this, where last year happens, and then now I'm optimistic, even though it was a disaster. Like last year, I was questioning them the whole way through because the special teams were bad. There were signs there. The defense was susceptible at times. You could see the, the inklings that maybe this might not go great when it comes down to it. But nowadays, I mean, I'm, I'm all in.
1: I like that. The Packers are relatively, um, I like the expression on the back. The Packers are very much in conversations. And you talk about who's going to win a Super Bowl. They're definitely mentioned, but they're not mentioned before the bills, or the Chiefs, or the Bucks, um, or even the Rams, right? Everybody loves the Rams, as they should love any defending Super Bowl champion. So the Packers are still in Super Bowl contention, but they're not like the first or second team that you mentioned, which I think is good for them. I think it will help them to toil away in relative, again, obscurity. They won't be obscure the way that the Jags or the Lions are, but they're on the back burner, how much attention the Packers have gotten over the last decade. And that'll give them time to work through some struggles. The last couple Super Bowl champs, the Bucks, the Rams, both had a period in the regular season where they struggled. I think the Packers would be a better team for having some struggles this regular season and being under the radar just a little bit. Sneak up on some teams.
0: Yeah, they are struggles. I mean, realistically, we'll see the offense struggle at times. That's a lock. As long as the defense is still rock solid. And the special teams is average.
1: Then, yeah, but yeah. I think by the end of the season, the offense as a whole, if Rodgers and Lafleur really put themselves into it, I think the offense could be just as good. It won't look as pretty at times. We won't get these eye popping plays, but I think they can still be just as good of a team if Rodgers buys in and adjusts, and obviously Matt Lafleur as well.
0: I mean, should we hope the Packers don't get home field advantage so they don't have to play in the cold? Your calls next seven seven eight six seven 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 eight uh all, all jokes aside it, it'll be interesting training camp is getting underway here in a couple of weeks Grant I just breaking off of the the breaking news desk which also happens to be the left side of my monitor John Morosi on MOB network had some interesting things to say earlier today about the Brewers and a possible trade target that is being shopped around at the moment We'll play that audio next. It is Ben Kenny and Grant Bills in for Bill Michaels.
1: Covering Wisconsin sports like a
2: blanket, this is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports
1: Zone Radio Network.
0: In Bill Michaels' show, a couple segments left before we get out of here. Bill is back tomorrow, 877 867 1670. I mentioned it heading into break. Uh, John Morosi on MOB Network earlier today had this to say about a big time trade target and the Milwaukee
2: Brewers. The picture being a bit clearer as we head to the trade deadline
0: is a good thing. What is the plan in Kansas City right now?
2: I think Andrew Benintendi Lauren is going to be one of the most highly coveted lefty bats anywhere in the major leagues this summer. And I'm already hearing reports about different teams starting to show some preliminary interest. I'll mention two of them right here the Milwaukee Brewers and the Toronto Blue Jays. Both have had some needs for lefty power. You just covered earlier on in this hour uh, the great career of Lorenzo Kane and his time in Milwaukee coming to a close. They do need a bat. And you think about how well the Cardinals have played of late, uh, whether that move happens now or closer to August 2nd. I think Benintendi to Milwaukee would be a tremendous fit. And the Blue Jays, they're so right-handed. They're, of course, trying to catch up on the Yankees right now. Benintendi could be a great fit for Toronto. He also might actually be a pretty good fit for the New York Yankees as well. But I'm feeling pretty sure that by the morning of August the 3rd, Lauren, Andrew Benintendi is playing for a different team besides the Kansas City
0: Ugh. All right. I mean, Grant, we had brought him up earlier. First, I want to dispel something Morosi said. He said, the Brewers are in need of lefty power. Let's not act like Andrew Benatendi is a massive source of power. I think we need to throw that that whole part of this out for a second. He's slugging 382 on the season. He has two home runs and 11 doubles. Slugging 382. Do you know who is slugging 375 Grant on the Brewers? Uh, yeah.
1: Hmm. No. What, what is it? Yelich?
0: Christian Yelich is, yeah. is slugging almost the exact same as that. And if you have eyes and have seen Yelich play this year, you know I test. the power and the pop is not there. So I don't want to talk about Ben Attendi as this prolific power threat. First of all, that's not like a rowdy Telez. He's going to bring power to your lineup. I'm out on this. I don't want this to happen for the Brewers. I think he is a Ben is a good player. His best year came in 2018. It was his, his second full year in the bigs. It was before pitchers had a real book on him and how to approach him, how to attack him. He had 290. The only time he has had his OPS above 800. It was 830. Since then, he struggled for a couple years. 2020, he didn't play that much in Boston. And then 2021 goes to Kansas City. He had 276, but uh, 17 homers, 27 doubles. He he had a pretty good season this year. He's hitting 295. The power isn't really there. I just, I think it's going to take so much to get him because he is definitely valued at a high rate by the Royals and most definitely by other teams in baseball, because you're going to hear a lot of other teams come up next to Milwaukee when, when his name is shopped. I think there are many better ways the Brewers can go than to add him. He does not. You mentioned moving the needle. He does not move the needle for me in this lineup.
1: He's got two home runs and 23 RBIs. Am I missing something? No. I get he's hitting 295, but do we expect him to hit 295 all season? He was hitting
0: 330 a week and a half ago.
1: Yeah. So he's had a great start to the year. He's on a bad team and he's a player contractually and, and, with his team that makes sense to be traded. So we're all bending over backwards to talk about how we want him. I've been talking about this for over a week. I have zero interest in Andrew Benintendi. I'll take my chances at Tyrone Taylor, Hunter Renfro, and Andrew McCutcheon because I think any of those guys have just as good of a chance as getting hot in October and helping this team win a World Series if that's the goal. They have just as good a chance as Andrew Benintendi. I'll just keep the guys I have. It's fine. Unless you want to get someone who's going to really move the needle, like you said. I think that's a good way of putting it. Then I'll just, I'll keep the guys I have. It's
0: fine. Buying low is important here. You want to find a guy that can round into form as he gets to your club. Cause you, you like spend Adamas. less to get him. Like Adamas is a perfect example. And Renfro for that matter. Mm-hmm. You spend less to get him. Then he produces a lot for you. I'll throw telez in there too. Really most mm-hmm. of the moves they've made. Andrew Benatendi entered the month of June hitting 337 with an OPS above 800 in the month of June. He's hitting 200 with an OPS around 500. He has zero home runs, four doubles. He's 13 for 64, eleven strikeouts, uh, two RBI, four walks. Like that is almost a a mirror image of what most of the Brewers lineup looks like now, if not worse, yeah. if not significantly worse. So getting him because his first month of the year he hit 373, was tearing the cover off the ball. Getting him because you saw that production. That that just doesn't sit right with me. I think that would be a, a gross uh, mis, misanalysis of where the team is and what it needs. I'd rather take all those assets, go get a pitcher. I think a pitcher yeah. would help this team more. I'd rather Tyrone Taylor play every day than Andrew Benatendi, most likely.
1: I'm trying to think of something that I've bought in my life where, say, I spent 80 bucks and immediately wish I just would have spent like 120 instead. Ooh, I know. This is really lame, but it, it fits. I was up north last spring and I forgot my binoculars at home. I'm a dude, I always have binoculars on me when I'm doing stuff outside, so fishing or hiking because I like to bird watch. And we stopped in this hardware hank in I think Iron River, Wisconsin, which is way up north. and there were two pairs of binoculars and I spent I think 40 bucks, and there was a pair that was 65 bucks and I think about that pair every day. Why didn't I just bring the extra 20 bucks? What was I saving money for? They're binoculars, Grant. Do you want a pair that is like good or not? So Andrew Benintendi to me is, he's a pair of binoculars. Like sure, you. Could, but if you're going to get a pair, but just get a good one. The, the Brewers have a lot of $40 pair of binoculars. We, they don't have a $70, $80 pair. So if you're not going to spring for an upgrade, just keep what you have. It's fine.
0: That's good. I, that's a good analogy. Mine would well, only be the only thing I buy and I wish I spent more on are sports tickets. Whenever I buy tickets oh. and I get to the ballpark, I always wish I'd spent thirty dollars more to sit closer. And that's just a, for me. Yeah, that's a family. That's just a family thought that we've always believed in. It's like mm-hmm. I don't spend money on much out there generally, but when I'm going to see a baseball game, a football game, I'm going to spend another thirty bucks to sit in a better seat because it's worth it for me. But still, at that point, it's not a, uh, I, I agree. It's the same thing with the binoculars. I think that in the moment, but also that's not moving the needle of how I really ingest the game, unless it's nosebleeds to the Diamond Club or behind home plate, right? So when you're sitting there, you're thinking, oh, I wish I was sitting a little bit closer up, but that's not moving the needle of whether you enjoy the game. This isn't going to move the needle of whether the Brewers win or really anything.
1: It was nice to have that pair of binoculars. Don't get me wrong. I think I spotted some... (laughs) I don't know what they were. They were ducks. Maybe they were Gadwell's. They were out on Lake Superior, but I didn't spot a, a great gray owl through a bunch of pine trees, which was my goal. The it want to win one world series, you might have to fork over a lot. Like these prospects that we always talk about and love, they might have to go to get a guy who can actually move the needle.
0: Yeah. I'm in a tough spot now though, because I don't know if it's, if it's even worth that at this point. And I don't think we will know that until everyone's back. Like, I don't know if a needle mover is getting this team to a world series. Really? Well, at this point, like until I see Woodruff come back and perform well, and I mean, Peralta, even for that matter, and maybe I guess you get a couple of the outfield guys hitting hot only in that scenario when all three of those happen. Am I confident this team can make a world series?
1: You're more worried about the pitching. This is fascinating. It's so interesting to me. Well, I'm
0: petrified about the pitching. It's been the reason that they sucked the last two weeks. Interesting. And even like, I th- the crazy thing was when they were in the middle of the losing streak. The biggest thing to stop losing streaks is great starting pitching. It's just mm-hmm. every other day you get a yes, great guy out great. there. He throws well. Now, obviously, Burns is the only great guy they have right now because Lauer hasn't been to the to the level he was at the start of the year. But Burns goes into that. It was that Philly series and that Philly game. He gave up one earned through four and a third, but he threw a hundred and whatever, 20 pitches. The bullpen gets crushed and then they end up losing because he wasn't that effective. It's like Burns is the only guy that can give you those starts, but even one out of every four or five starts is going to be a little rough. So then how I, I don't see how you get over the hump and win the NL unless Woodruff and Peralta are back and are absolutely stellar. That's the only scenario I see, and I'm not confident in that happening.
1: You're right, by the way. This Brewers team, the way that it's built, is not supposed to lose eight games in a row because that's what elite pitching does for you. Elite pitching helps extend winning streaks, and it helps kill losing streaks. And at no point was Lauer or Burns. I mean, Jason Alexander's different. Ashby, too, because he's so young. But they're not supposed to lose games like that because somebody's supposed to step up starting pitcher and put an end to it. And the fact that it didn't happen, you're right. That is a concerning sign.
0: Frankie Montas, I really entering today. I did not plan to throw out a name that I'm going to champion. Like during the off season, I was championing Anthony Rizzo. I wanted the Brewers to get Rizzo and just give me a massive lefty bat in the middle. Move Yellich to lead off and then throw a Domus and Renfro in there. Suddenly, like that's a lineup that could scare people.
1: Yeah. A Renfro uh, type a Freddie Freeman type. What we saw him do for ooh, the Braves last year. I mean, somebody yeah, like that.
0: Nobody is. Uh, Freddie Freeman's so good. Agreed. And it sucks because he, he crushed the Phillies for years when he was on the Braves. And then I just like couldn't hate him, though, because he's just so respectable, such a good dude. But, yeah, yeah now my name that I'm going to champion until the trade deadline, I want the Brewers to get Frankie Montas. That changes how okay. I think about this baseball team.
1: I'm going to tweet over the break just so it's on the record that I do not want Andrew Benintendi.
0: Uh, you, you can tag me in that as well because I am with you. All right. I like the like you brought up the idea of center field. I love that idea. He just is not the 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 answer to that.
1: Two home runs, twenty three RBIs. Yeah. What, what are we
0: What are we getting from him that we don't already have? He's also uh, you could see his ceiling. His ceiling was twenty eighteen. His OPS was still hovering around eight thirty. He had uh, sixteen homers, uh, forty doubles. He was hitting the ball pretty well, but even so. I'm with well, you. When has David Stearns and the Brewers ever gone out to get the guy that everyone wants? That's not how they operate. Never. And the problem is, and I don't agree with this, but everyone wants this guy, so naturally the price is going to be driven up a lot. And mm-hmm. I mean, another problem is everyone's going to want Montas because he's a stud. I uh, I forget what his exact stats are right now, but I another guy comes up a lot, but he's on my fantasy team. Uh, steal of a draft pick, if I may add, but. Right now, he is sitting, he is 3-7 and seven with a 3-5 ERA. Uh, and that ERA is one that has been coming down and really should come even further down. But he loses every start because the A's just can't get a run support. But that's a guy like, if your rotation is Burns, Woodruff, Montas, Lauer, and then throw someone else in there, maybe it's Peralta. Then that's a that's an NL pennant caliber rotation. Without him, I don't know if I could say that.
1: And you could you could move around displaced uh, rotation. You want to go to a five man, or if Hauser or Lauer somebody loses their spots, nobody better than Craig Council to figure out utilize that arm.
0: King Craig, King Craig. This is another uh, Craig Council Appreciation Day. If you had missed it, I am championing Mister Council. You. Uh, lead off Yelich is a different player. All right, 877, 867, 1670. Final segment it is Ben Kenny, Grant Bills, in for Bill Michaels. That is coming up next.
2: Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin
1: Sports Zone Radio Network.
0: segment of the bill michaels show on this fine fine monday excited to get outside 877-867-1670 again bill's back tomorrow back for the rest of this week i believe he had a charity outing to attend to today but i'm not totally sure i'm sure he will talk about that tomorrow tomorrow coming up as well we're recapping what goes on tonight Brewers Cardinals, six something first pitch. I'm stupid. I didn't nice. pull pull that up. You know what it is. It's I I mean, naturally I'm used to the old look things up and then say them while someone else is talking instead of look up and that's say while I'm also talking. But Brewers it's, tonight. It's
1: seven ten though, by the way. Six thirty-five pregame cross brews radio now. There
0: you go. Maybe that's yeah, that is probably the time that I was remembering. But Miles Michaelis, Corbin Burns on the bump. Uh, Crew around minus 165 tonight favorites with Burns going. I think they win. I think they're heavy favorites. I I don't know if I'm with that number, but man, a win tonight would be huge in keeping that momentum out of the four. If you had to forecast the week, let's do it this way. Out of the seven games, they have four against St. Louis three against Toronto. What is your what happens tonight? And what's the final record going to look like?
1: Toronto just seems like the team that would knock them around for a couple of games. And I think it's because I have, like, big PTSD from the Royals. It's just that weird team that I never play and never see, and they always have a really good beat on the Brewers, or especially they did last year. Yeah, and they're blue. Yeah, and I don't know what it is, but blue teams. (laughs) Yeah, we've had a big eye test vibe show today. We've cited a lot of good statistics, but we don't always need the statistics.
2: That's why... I, I. Everyone
0: brings up the whole analytics thing. It's like oh, the, the analytics nerds. It's like, no, people like myself, who am a proponent of many numbers to use when talking about certain topics. Absolutely. I, the eye test plays into everything.
1: How does it look? How does it feel? That's
0: why Scotty Scheffler lost the U.S. Open.
1: <laughs> the eye test. There's always going to be that part of sports. In short, I could see the Brewers taking three of four from the Cardinals and were amped. And then they get knocked around by the Blue Jays. It just seems like something that would happen.
0: Yeah. If I had to guess, I think the final record at the end of the week is 4-3. and three. I do think mm-hmm. they win tonight, though I think there is some offense on display. Maybe a 5-4 win, 5-3. Definitely not easy by any means. Goldschmidt's going to do something impressive. Uh, of course. If you're a Cardinals fan. I just hope, uh, A, the Cardinals don't make Albert Pujols try to steal third base. And B, I mean... Listen, I love Albert Pujols as a as an admirer of baseball, but he doesn't need to come into Milwaukee and hit any more bombs. Because when he did it earlier in the year, I, I didn't know what to think. Because I am in such awe of him as a as a baseball figure, really in my entire life, that I was impressed. But then it's also the Cardinals hitting a home run against the Brewers. But yeah, four three, I think by the end of the week, maybe the the crew take three or four from St. Louis drop two of three to Toronto. Yeah. Toronto can hit the damn baseball and the I've talked pitching a lot today, but Burns will go for one of those games, but they don't really have the horses in the rotation. They don't have the horses in the back, Grant, to go shut out that blue Jays lineup. Cause
1: would you, would you make that joke to bill?
0: Oh, I, I have, I, I need to really bring it up more, but it's a great way to describe things. You know,
1: what's your shooting percentage? with jokes to bill that land, like what are you Ugh. shooting? Like if it was a three point percentage, like if I shoot 35% from three with references and jokes that you try to make to bill, what's your hit rate?
0: Mid thirties percent. Yeah. The problem That's is right. I bring up things. I, there are some things I don't know if he's heard of that. I know the listening public probably like the Castellanos deep drive in the left thing. Yeah. That was one that didn't really land. Um, and then there's some some of it he doesn't find that funny, which I understand.
1: He just doesn't. He doesn't give you a courtesy laugh, even.
0: No, he, he does hurt. give me a courtesy laugh, but I don't count that as a land. If that makes okay. sense. No, I, I I do okay. I have my day You're a harsh
1: critic of yourself. Yeah. Which I like. We but be our own biggest critics.
0: There's another golf term too. The he, he's got the horses in the back for Sunday. Oh, what a sport! All right, that's gonna do it for us, Grant. It's been a pleasure.
1: It was a privilege. Thanks for having me. To talk golf on a day like today with you has been a treat. This is what you're excellent at, among many other things. So it was fun to be with you. Thanks for the invite.
0: Love it. Wisco Sports Show coming up 4 to 6 tonight. Tune into that. And every day this week, as it always is, 4 to 6. Thank you podcast for this show. As always, it will be up about an hour after it concludes. uh, 45 minutes after it includes. That's going to do it for us. Bill Michaels will be back tomorrow. Thanks for sticking around. Have a good one. See ya.
2: The Bill Michaels Show (laughs) Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.